Bradaloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 846, May 9th, 2022. On this day in 1987, it was 91 degrees. And on this day in 1966, it was 27 degrees. Uh, Aquaside brings you this delightful information. And remember, now that things are budding, they're also budding and growing under the water. So it's a great time. The weather's here. It's a great time to get your beach front free of weeds and algae so the kids can start swimming courtesy of those Aquaside products made in White Bear Lake by a White Bear company. The products, uh, they've been doing this for 60 years. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lakefront this summer. Call Aquaside. They'll help identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can also do some spot weed control. Uh, when you pick out an area, you can just attack a, a specific area with the Aquaside pellets. Call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media John Hyde in the newsroom and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop here is your flashlight king Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Yeah, I have the Byron Buxton update. Oh, so soon. Yeah, yes. we have to bring it back. Yes. Might be bringing it Here's back. Here's today's Buxton update. Oh, my God. We, we might have to be bringing it back all season. Oh, I guess he went out of the ball game Saturday night with uh, what's being called... Saturday a, afternoon. Saturday afternoon with... with a strained hip. Yeah. Strained right hip. And so uh, yesterday they did a lot of acupuncture on him. He, mm. uh, he had a lot of needlework. And uh, uh, whoever Jace Tingler is. He's the bench coach and the <laughs> acting manager. That sounds because, like a porn name. Because Rocco has uh, He's got the vid. Uh, and Jace Tingler said, that's a huge, that's huge, absolutely. Everybody is pretty optimistic said Twins bench coach Jace Tingler, who said Buxton could return as soon as Tuesday when the Astros arrive at Target Field. Seeing the smile on Buck's face this morning gives you a very good feeling. Okay. Okay. So that's it for the update. It's just a... I, I don't Here's understand. today's Buxton update. Hey, we're all set. Did you bring the uh, Jace Tingler with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, we got great response on the show with the traveling linemen. I'll say. People really, really enjoyed uh, hearing those two. They were a fascinating couple, and uh, if you haven't heard it, I recommend it highly. It was it was really interesting. We also uh, Friday had a garage door opener, and so uh, Scott wants to know. Check me if I'm wrong, but are you sure the temperature at the National Weather Service at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport actually reached 70 degrees during the show? Yeah, we are. Yes, mm-hmm. I was there to verify. We are. We're... Well, and you've always used both that yeah. and the KSTP official. We have an official weather station downstairs. Right. If you were accurate in reporting a 70-degree temperature, which marina do I visit in order for me to take delivery of the 1940 19-foot Chris Craft boat and I can, that I can get to Spoon Lake from here via navigating the waters of the Mississippi? Uh, I think you, uh, you got the contest wrong. The contest has been won. I have the fellow's name. What'd they win? They won the Traeger Grill from Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Uh, Brian Halverson of White Bear Lake. Hmm. 
I, there were 2,712 successful entries. And oh. God knows how many thousands. Seven million <laughs> unsuccessful <laughs> entries. Is that the same Halverson that's uh, related to your wife, Chris? <laughs> don't. Don't. You <laughs> dare. Don't. Uh, I don't know what or, he guessed. <laughs> I was not provided his winning time. I believe he nailed it, to be honest with you. Well, I, I think I should have been provided that news. But we got a, we got a winner, uh, Brian Halverson of White Bear. Congratulations. It seems uh, very shifty to me. He gets the uh, Traeger grill from Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. And we, we won't be doing that again. Right. No. We... Actually, uh, Chris Reavers is just my radio name, Kenny. Yeah. It's really Brian well, Halverson. Suits, when is our next shady promotion? <laughs> We're not having one. We're not having one. Uh and again, because of the uh, the Lyman's in studio with us, there was there were some important things I didn't get to Friday. You had a huge pile on Friday, uh, and uh, about three of the things I didn't get to are worth revisiting, or actually visiting for the first time. Got it. A Catholic university in Minnesota has barred Daily Wire personality and author Michael Knowles from delivering a lecture on campus, citing his views on transgender issues. The college Republican chapter at the University of St. Thomas had been working since March with the conservative youth organization Young America's Foundation to host Knowles, a Catholic, for a lecture on campus. But on Wednesday last week, the club announced that the university and the student government had informed it that the event would not be permitted to go forward because Knowles, how do you say his name? I'm unfamiliar with this guy. I've looked him up. Michael Knowles. Uh... They won't go forward because Knowles had made comments on transgender issues that the university deemed were in violation of their commitment to dignity and diversity. I, I could find no record of his uh, comments on transgender issues. Hmm. Well, the club was quick to, uh, quick to note that Knowles' opinions on transgender issues are in line with those of the Catholic Church. In the university's view, it's not simply a concern about what Mr. Knowles would say. Rather, it is a concern that he holds conservative Catholic views in the first place, the college Republican said. These restrictions on what speakers we can bring to campus represent not just a threat to free speech, but freedom of thought. Knowles denounced the university for blocking his lecture and took the opportunity to question the University of St. Thomas's Catholic identity. If my views on transgenderism are Catholic and those views violate the university's core convictions, then what does that say about the core convictions of this allegedly Catholic university, Knowles wrote. It's wrong for universities to censor conservatives for saying conservative things, he wrote in another tweet. But it seems especially wrong for Catholic universities to censor Catholics for saying Catholic things. Well, I'm embarrassed. I mean, I went there. I... I fear that this is the direction it's been heading. Uh, well, St. Kate's beat them to the punch a long time ago as far as becoming non-Catholic, basically. Well, this is pathetic. Uh, <clears throat> an administrator claimed that Knowles' views do not align with our St. Thomas conviction statements on dignity and diversity, also absurdly claiming that he has made statements that are derogatory to the gender and autistic community, to the transgender and autistic community. The administrator did not prove any proof to back up those claims. You'd think that would be the first thing you would uh, provide, is here's the here's where he said it. Uh, there's a petition underway. I looked up Knowles. Michael J. Knowles, he was born in 1990, so a young guy, uh, <clears throat> born in New York. He uh, began his life as an actor. 
Mm-hmm. And he became a writer. He graduated from Yale. Uh, he's had a podcast, and he works for the Daily Wire, and he's uh, uh, he's married. Uh, he uh, I, I can't find anything. Uh, in September 2019, Knowles called teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg a mentally ill Swedish child. Yeah, well, isn't she? <laughs> you, you you can say that, right? <laughs> uh, and he did that on a Fox News program called The Story. Fellow segment guest and Democratic Party activist Christopher Hahn replied, you're a grown man and you're attacking a child? Shame on you. Knowles responded, I'm not. I'm attacking the left for exploiting a mentally ill child. Hahn returned, relax, skinny boy, I got this. Knowles promptly added, she is mentally ill. She has autism. She has obsessive compulsive disorder. She has selective mutism. She has depression. The network apologized for Knowles' statement by saying his comment was disgraceful, and and they apologized to Greta Thunberg. Uh, so I don't know what to tell you except St. Thomas has embarrassed many of its alums, including me, for going down the road of the... Uh, that's the ultimate sign you've become the failed academy mm-hmm. when you start censoring who gets to speak on your campus. Uh, those things with Thunberg, are, are those actually found in the definition of mental illness? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, there's That's nowhere, an interesting case to me. Yeah, there's no, in, there's no information at, in the St. Thomas situation that they're using his Greta Thunberg comments to disqualify him. Right, right. That's but, just a sidebar. Yeah, they just... Uh, they're just using his views on transgenderism, which I, I'm not seeing any of his views on transgenderism. When I read this piece last week, the, the, the one thought I had was this is as ludicrous as saying, well, he believes in Jesus Christ, so mm-hmm. he can't speak here. Mm-hmm. It, it's a Catholic church uh, it, isn't, it isn't much of one, I'm afraid. Oh, uh, oh it's not. Well, it, it's ostensibly that's what it's supposed to be. Does the Catholic church fund it? No, it costs a lot of money to go there. So they don't receive donations, and you guys don't tithe, uh, and those tithes don't go to the church? Uh, no, not, not that I'm aware of. No. All right, okay. No. All right. Has, there, has there been significant pushback? Because I've seen a ton. I haven't seen any. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I talked to a kid who's a junior. Uh, when did I do that? Saturday. Uh, and she was entirely familiar with the situation. Uh and I, I think she was displeased that the school was acting that way. Hmm. <clears throat> but everyone I know who went there, and I know many, mm-hmm. they're all as embarrassed as I am that they're just throwing up their hands and it just ultimately, uh, <clears throat> ultimately, this is the sign that you've become a failed academy. Well, full disclosure, uh, as you well know, Sophia is a senior there, and it may not uh, be surprising that. Uh, she had no idea about it at all. She that took a, her dad's approach. That a girl. She had. Uh, she. We were discussing it, and she. Uh, what is she majoring in? I'm afraid to ask. Uh, marketing. 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 Uh-huh. Selfies. Well, you know, uh, in fairness to her, I'm not sure anything's been said about it on campus. Oh. Yeah. I, I was sent many. By many different people, this item said this should be on uh, the show, and you're doing it, so it's fine. But I got a note from a friend who wrote this. Uh, Such it's so and so, class of '87, just sharing my missive to the brain trust at Tommy Media, formerly the Aquin. 
Hope all is well. Editorial staff. Not one peep in Tommy Media about a freedom of speech issue and what I'm assuming is a hot topic generating considerable debate on campus, a.k.a. news. I myself have received about a half dozen emails from fellow alums who are talking about this. In fact, this has generated more electronic chatter than UST going D1. Don't young, intellectually curious adults get juiced about this stuff? If not, that's a bummer. Note, I'm not arguing for one side or the other. And for the record, I had never heard of Michael Knowles before this event transpired. It's just that the silence is conspicuous. Stay curious. And then he signed his name. That's, there's, that's what everybody's thinking. What, what is wrong with you people? They're joining. They're, they're joining the mob, right? Yep. Well, they certainly lost me as a donor. <laughs> uh, we don't know that. I have never given them any money. <laughs> well, got, you did try to give them. Uh, they got enough when a kid I used to have went there. You did, though, try to make a donation of uh, I tried several to, I tried to j- donate all my newspaper columns to the school. <laughs> and they said, nah, those oh, things, good here. they just fade <laughs> out. We're we got it. Very humbling. <laughs> you sure you don't want them? No, they, wait, we're good. We're, we're good. good. You yeah, just we're keep, good. Are they, do they all look this bad? These yellow... Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also wanted to get to this. A dark money nonprofit chaired by Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kuehler's Colors has received a majority of its recent cash from a secretive fund used by Silicon Valley tech giants. Uh, Colors nonprofit Dignity and Power Now pulled in 4.2 million in undisclosed donations in 2020. Its most recent tax forms show. But while the group does not identify its financial backers, Fox News Digital has discovered that 2.5 million of that amount was funneled through the Silicon Valley Community Foundation and into the BLM activist social justice nonprofit. And uh, then we learn that. Uh, Patrice, who has uh, got a nice house, uh, she's triggered when when uh, charity laws are pointed out to her. Right. Mm. She she shouldn't have to be aware of those. In fact, didn't she call it racist? Yeah, it's probably one racist. of the t- filings with the IRS. I believe it was. A dark money group is an entity that does not disclose its funding sources, and Cooler's nonprofit does not make its donors public. Uh, Fox News Digital's discovery, and it's only Fox that would cover this. Is any conventional other site covering this? I can't answer that. I don't that. think so. Uh, discovery of uh, two point were the result of uh, browsing dozens of 990 tax forms of charitable foundations. The Silicon Valley money made up 60% of the 2020 fundraising goal. All right. So uh, I, I wanted to get that on the record. So BLM is a nice racket if you're at the top. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Black Lives Mattering. Nothing. Just like the climate crisis has nothing to do with the climate. Yet they still get all the attention. Just like the academy has nothing to do with education. Nothing is as what it seems, Matt. Nothing is as what it seems. Uh, Even your voice. No, that's a very poor imitation of Mr. Miyagi. Not everything is as seem. I, I don't know who that is. Crowdy, he was a yeah. Uh, oh, he ran a dojo, I believe. Yeah, it was a. He was an instructor. Yeah, Are you he, aware of uh, Elon Musk's uh, cryptic tweet today? Elon, Elon. Elon. What did I say, Elon? Elon. Elon. Yeah. Have you aware yes. of his cryptic sure tweet? Sure am, Joe. Uh huh. And this, I don't find any of it surprising to you. This guy is undeniably fascinating, and he is 
ballsy. Well, and he's goofy. Yeah, he is. He puts his money where his mouth is, though. Tesla CEO Elon Musk uh, ignited a firestorm on social media by suggesting that he might die under mysterious circumstances. While some on Twitter rushed to the conclusion that he might might fear the Clintons, it seems the CEO may have been referencing a potential threat from Russia. If I die under mysterious circumstances, it's been nice knowing you. Musk, who is also CEO of SpaceX and who recently acquired Twitter, posted on the social media platform. Uh, when Musk's mother, May Musk, responded, that's not funny, her son replied, sorry, I will do my best to stay alive. His mother's a hot old babe. Did you know that? No. He took her to the Met Gala. Hmm. Very attractive uh, gal. Hmm. Good. Many commentators suggested that Noted. My... Right. Got Noted. Like a Barbara, Barbara Stanwyck deal? Well, see, I'm into that age group. I, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm getting up there, you know. I, I, you know. Many commentators suggested that Musk might be afraid of former President Bill Clinton and his wife playing off the conspiracy theory that the Clintons were involved in Jeffrey Epstein's suicide. I know nothing about that. But I think what he fears is a Russian attack on him for keeping his satellites so available to Ukrainians. Oh, yes. Uh, they, but he's been a big, yes, he a been big very, help mm-hmm. to, uh, to the Ukraines. Uh, shortly before that cryptic tweet, Musk cited a message from Dmitry Rogozin, a former deputy prime minister of Russia, who sent a statement to Russia, Russian media condemning Musk's Starlink satellite company for enabling the Nazi Azov Battalion to access the Internet. From the testimony of the captured commander of the 35th Marine Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, Colonel Dmitry Kormiankov, it turns out that the Internet terminals of Elon Musk's Starlink satellite company were delivered to the militants of the Nazi Azov Battalion from the Ukrainian Marines in Mariupol by military hop... Helicopters, Rogozin wrote, according to a translation Musk posted on Twitter. According to our information, the delivery of the Starlink equipment was carried out by the Pentagon, Rogozin added. Elon Musk thus is involved in supplying the fascist forces in Ukraine with military communication equipment. And for this, Elon, you will be held accountable like an adult, no matter how much you'll play the fool. Then Musk tweeted, the word Nazi doesn't seem what uh, mean what he seems to think it does, Musk tweeted. <laughs> Musk Starlink has been connecting Ukrainians to the Internet amid the Russian invasion. So uh, if he's fearing anybody, and I, I think he might be wise to, he's fearing the Russians. He's not, I don't think he's I wouldn't fearing. put it past him to, like at the airport when those ladies did that powder thing with that guy and then he pukes his guts out. And what? dies. What? Remember the guy that was at the airport, and the two ladies approached him, and they they threw a powder on him, a poison powder. Here, that was no. North Korea. North Koreans. Did was that. this an episode of Scooby Doo? I thought that was the uh, Ruskies. No, that was the North Koreans. But the Russians have poisoned what three or four different people. In oh, different they've countries. true. They are big on journalists the and the like. Yeah, They're big yeah. on the poison. dissidents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That we... would be a great. That would be a great gig. Is to do this. Uh, be the taster for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the food taster? Putin has one. I'm I'm available. You'd be a good taster. Mm-hmm. I'm available. Well, I'll tell you what else is available. 
burning candles in a spiral motion. That pause was for great effect and will not count against my time. Yes, it will. No, it will not. Yes, it will. This, this is, is a softer. Bro, you're good. Oh. You're good. It is spring season candle Here time. Here we go. Spring. As Kenny always says, it's spring season candle time. And I do want you to stop. Seriously. I want you to stop burning boring candles. That's what the Spiral Light Candle Company, a garage logic company, started in the garage. They are listeners to the podcast, and they have a fantastic setup right now. You go to spirallightcandles.com, and you can choose your... Um, scent. They got a whole bunch to choose from, but what's fun when you give this as a gift, it burns in a circular motion. Another conversation piece, not just another boring candle. If you would like to get your hands on the Cylinder Index candle exclusively for garage logicians, go to spiralightcandles.com, go all the way down to the bottom, click on the Garage Logic logo, and you are starting the process of getting your own Cylinder Index candle. You can light that baby in the garage. Again, stop burning boring candles, and you will when you purchase a Spiral Light Candle from SpiralLightCandle.com. This is Ricey for Brainerd International Raceway, and I was just up there last week taking a look, and it is getting ready and looking terrific for America's fastest drivers when they come to Minnesota for an experience of lifetime for race fans. Brainerd International Raceway is bringing the Discovery is bringing the Discovery Channel Street Outlaws No Prep Kings to the Brainerd Lakes area June 17th and 18th. Join BIR and Street Outlaws for a weekend of fun and competition as your favorite drivers battle it out for huge cash prizes. Kids 12 and under get in free. Visit BIRMN.com for camping and ticket information. And if you're like me and wonder what no prep kings means, that means they're moving off the street and onto a rough and relentless track. No prep means that nothing has been done to the track to help the drivers out. These roads are rough and untested. Oofta. All right, see you up there June 17th and 18th at BIR. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Oh, I can't go a week without depleting my seafoam stock. I've got a big cleanup project on the schedule this week for all my cans of seafoam top engine cleaner. It's going to take them all. It's a long story. One of the support arms broke that holds a gearbox in place, PTO-driven t- tiller, gear oil everywhere. Uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, I'm going to break out the uh, top engine cleaner to clean that mess up. All the hinges on all four doors of the second truck howling and screeching. So you know they're going to get ga- uh, slathered in seafoam deep creep. And I think an oil change is on the docket for that uh, crap can. So I'm going to try this test that we've been talking about. Dump in a half a can of seafoam through the oil filler cap about 500 miles or so before the oil change. See how much carbon and junk and gunk I can break out of the bottom end there. Busy week for seafoam at the Jackass Ranch, but it works, and it works well. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas, seafoam. Again, this is from Fox News. Uh but I find it fascinating, and I'm not seeing it in, on other sites. There is little credible information about the new Disinformation Governance Board. Hmm. And that's made it a target for, for criticism. The board is part of the Department of Homeland Security. It was announced last week, but 
DHS has released few details on how the board will function and what powers it will have. And it's uh, Nina Jankowicz. Is that correct? Does that name ring a bell? It's Nina Jankowicz. Yep. The lack of transparency has put DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on the defensive and subjected the agency to criticism from Republican members of Congress who have already called for the board to be disbanded and the civil liberties groups that charge it could violate freedom of speech. With disinformation campaigns working to shape opinions on everything from the war in Ukraine to the presidential election in the U.S., the rocky start for the board may undermine its effectiveness and hurt the efforts to staunch the harm that false narratives can cause. It's just an episodic failure, said Brian Murphy, a former director of DHS intelligence arm of the board's launch, and it has set the true disinformation professionals wherever they live back. The board's bungled rollout could also hurt existing efforts to identify and stop foreign disinformation campaigns, which have been labeled a national security threat by both Republicans and Democratic administrations. Uh, who am I rooting for here? <laughs> Russia, China, and other adversaries have used social media to push messages at U.S. audiences that stoke division and spread conspiracy theories or falsehoods. In recent months, Russia has waged an aggressive disinformation campaign across platforms to claim images and reports of dead bodies and attacks in Ukraine are fake. Hmm. Well, I've seen them. Right. My own experience is no. The top Republicans on two key congressional panels wrote to the department on Friday demanding more information. Wouldn't you think Democrats would also want more information? Even privately, congressional staffers say they know little about the board or how it's being funded beyond the spare public announcements made by the department's leadership. Given the complete lack of information about this new initiative and the potential serious consequences of a government entity identifying and responding to disinformation, we have serious concerns about the activities of this new board, wrote Representatives Mike Turner of Ohio and John Katko of New York, the top Republicans on the House Intelligence and Homeland Security Committees. DHS that same day held a call with congressional staffers and the board's new director, Nina Jankowitz, an author and expert on Russian disinformation. According to one person on the call, Jankowitz said there was a broad vision for what the board would do, but did not offer specifics to some questions, including how her organization would work with existing anti-disinformation efforts with DHS. The department also has not provided Congress with detailed written plans beyond a summary it sent to Capitol Hill last Wednesday, the same day the department publicly announced the creation of the board. Hmm. 95% of Americans identified misinformation last year as a problem when they're trying to access important information, according to a poll conducted by the Pearson Institute and the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. But the difference between opinion and disinformation is often contested, and many argue the government shouldn't be responsible for drawing the line. Uh, what? I don't know who I'm rooting for here. Right. <laughs> well, and the problem is nobody believes anybody anymore, right? Yeah. 
The name alone, though, kind of makes me think I don't like it. Yeah, know? right. <laughs> this is in secret. The board's creation spurred outrage across social media with dozens of conservative pundits and Republican politicians dubbing it the Ministry of Truth, a reference to the government agency responsible for creating propaganda in George Orwell's novel 1984. The term Ministry of Truth trended on Twitter for hours. Thousands of posts focused on Jankowitz, including past social media posts that criticized Republicans and questioned the veracity of stories about Hunter Biden, the president's son. Other posts used anti-Semitic language to attack her and Mayorkas for their Jewish heritage. Well, those people shouldn't do that. Right. This is an upside-down world, man. While the board was set up in part to combat Russian disinformation, it instead fueled conspiracy theories and more stories in Russian state media. One Kremlin-backed piece carried the headline, Biden's Ministry of Truth is another propaganda tool. Homeland Security initially said the board would have the two-part mission of countering Russian disinformation activities and false narrative smugglers and false narratives smugglers use to induce people in Latin America to try to reach the U.S.-Mexico border. On Monday, the department said it would provide quarterly reports to Congress. That would be last Monday. I, I don't know what to think of this, folks, except I don't believe anything anymore about anything. Yep. Right there with you, bro. Don't believe anything more about anything. I, I don't know what the, what this is, and, and they can't tell us what this is. Wouldn't you think that in 2022, you couldn't hide things like that? Everything would, there would be accountability. There would be a trail where you couldn't just say, uh, they're doing this and not follow but it up. But as Joe has met, said a million times, though, Rook, the problem is the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Government's too big. There is no accountability. And plus, the the Department of Homeland Security itself either cannot or will not tell us what exactly this office will do and how they will do it. Yeah. And if you question it, you're a right-wing conspiracy nut. Mm -hmm. Um. And I bet you if you tried hard enough, you could link this to the Michael Knowles deal at St. Thomas. I mean, it's the same attitude that we get everywhere we turn. If we question anything about anything the left does, we get shouted down as nuts. Well, it uh, should be noted there are a lot of Democrats also questioning That's this. Good. Uh, th- good. I've been looking. F- where did you find that, John? I've been Rep- looking for I it. I found it, strangely enough, on Fox News. Good. Oh, okay. Representative Jim Himes, Democrat from Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, Representative Cherry Bustos from Illinois. I saw that piece, uh, and I, I Rep- set it aside, and now I can't find it. But, yeah. yeah. Rep. Jane Harmon from California. They're all. Here, here's the problem. <laughs> the The overarching problem is... What creates unease is is the government even entering this arena of trying to determine what is false and not false because it sets up the the implied situation where then the government will decide what's false or not false. Well, danger, danger. a la the climate discussion Mm -hmm. debate. Yeah, there's there's no longer a debate. This this shouldn't be a function 
of the United States government. We don't need this. Well, remember a few months back, this same administration wanted to, what, pay uh, our journalists? What yeah. was that story? Yeah, yeah. To control the narrative. I mean, come on. And any organization tracking disinformation would monitor social media, where it's sometimes impossible to determine the nationality or location of individual users. Disinformation researchers often identify popular conspiracy theories and trending falsehoods in the U.S. by monitoring public social media groups, pages, and accounts. Uh, <laughs> but again, that, that creates the spectacle of, uh, of a government official about whom we know nothing, Nina Jankowicz, appointed to this position. Doesn't it create the implied optic of she's going to determine what's real and not real? Doesn't it create that? Mm-hmm. It does. What we've recently rolled out, this is Mayorkas, although albeit not as smoothly as I would have hoped, is a working group of experts throughout our department to ensure that our ongoing work combating disinformation is done in a way that does not infringe on free speech. DHS will not have the ability to remove posts or accounts that it deems are spreading disinformation. That power still rests with the tech companies themselves, said Katie Harbath, a former public policy director for Facebook, who is now the International Republican Institute's Technology and Democracy Director. Then what, then what good are they? What, yeah, what, what's, what's the, the purpose point of then of the board? Yeah, exactly. Pay no attention to that tweet <laughs> right, right, right. that you just read. <laughs> uh, the new disinformation board could help the platform spot some information operations they might be missing, she said. This is Kate Harbath. DHS is going to have to do what they normally do, Harbath said. If there's a post they think should be taken down or fact-checked, they can report that to the platforms, but the platforms are going to have to make their own call. Hmm. So what if, uh, what if Nina Jankowicz, there's a fighting chance that I'm going to create a scenario here that's probably accurate. What if Nina Jankowicz is a staunch a climate hysterian, for example? She thinks the world's ending okay. and it's melting. And, Would not be surprising. Okay. And I, so I tweet that it's BS. Do I get reported then to a platform? Sure. Hey, this guy's not thinking the company that's line one here. one step away. This that's guy's, one step this away. This guy's not thinking the company line. We, we, This government believes that we must tackle climate change, of course, which has nothing to do with the climate. It's just a, a reordering of the way we live. And, and then I, I suppose if I haven't been turned in by now, I ain't going to get turned in, my view of it. And from what one we're reading, closer. it sounds like it's still up to the platform at yeah. that point, no matter what Nina says. Yeah, it's but the platforms, the platforms are thought to be in an unholy marriage with the United States government. Thus, why Elon stepped in and purchased uh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm know, not sure I go with that uh, that theory. Sorry. You don't tech, go with what? You don't like the big tech connection to uh, BLM uh, to, and the big tech connection to... Uh, well, to, to government. Yeah. In general. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. All right. You don't think that the, the social media platforms tend to lead left, Johnny? Are, are we talking about... Toward the government or lean left? What are, what are we? Oh, I thought that's what Joe was implying. Maybe I mistook what he said. I'm implying both. I don't think Facebook leans left, no. 
I don't see that at all. And I'll never mm. be an expert commentator on Facebook because I refuse to participate. Right. Yeah, I, it's I all about your algorithms. I don't it, even know it, what that it, means. It really is. I, for instance, if we sat down, I'm sure we would have completely different tweets. Being oh, sent I don't. To d- us I don't d- doubt that for a second. But I do know that right leaning. But accounts tend to tend to get silenced more often than left leaning accounts. Reavers, I can give you you if you gave me a list. I can give you one family member who comes and says, Facebook said this, blah 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 blah, and it's all conservative stuff. And then I can give you another uh, family member who says exactly the opposite. Well, my Facebook says blah 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 blah, and and it. I shouldn't say that. I know. I'm sorry, Um, but it's all left. My question for you guys is, uh, do you know who started all this? And this is going to take you back to a conspiracy theory Uh-oh. we uh, discussed a couple of weeks ago, Ooh. Such. Who? Obama. Thursday, April 21st, 2022, Star Tribune. Obama adopts a new role, fighting disinformation. Mm. Um, but the uh, commandant of the new disinformation office is not mentioned in this piece whatsoever. So she was appointed after this piece came out. Here's the bottom line, I think, for many, many of us. I don't need you to tell me what I should believe or not believe. I've been Thank doing you. a pretty good job of that my whole life. Well, I don't need the government to help me. That's it's a part of life. Right, right. Yeah. Leave me alone. Laissez-faire. Well, and, and, see, that's why I don't get what the whole operation is for, because none of us would pay any attention if they said, nope, that's misinformation. Right. We'd just go and look for our own information to see what we could find. So what is the purpose of this office? This story is five pages long. It's as thorough as it could be without having any answers. It's the Ministry of Truth. It is. This story is five pages. DHS Disinformation Board's agenda remains a mystery. It's by Amanda Seitz and Norman Merchant. It was published last, when was uh, was May 4? That was last Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I've been hanging on to it all this time for some reason. I, I just think it's worth a deep dive. And we can't do a deep dive because we have, we're, we're prevented from really understanding what they're up to. And there's a reasonable suspicion that they probably don't even know themselves. But it sounded good to create another department. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know what this woman's being paid. We don't know how many people are going to work for her. Sign her up. We don't know how they're going to do it. We, we, don't, we don't know anything. Yeah, and how stupid was the timing, given right after the Elon Musk uh, story? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it, at least have enough brains to wait a little bit. I think it's a really good rule of thumb that we practice in GL is pretty much we don't believe anything. Yes. (laughs) And we get all of our news from Twitter. Every bit. Every bit. (laughs) I I will often, in a a, uh, failed attempt uh, to be as open as possible, I will often look for, rather than use a Fox story, which I don't mind using it, Rather, but rather than use it, I occasionally will try to find another source for the same story. Oh, absolutely! And I can't for this. I don't think the Washington Post gives a bleep about this, or the New York Times, where they're already under the thumb. Right. Well, I think it's time for lunch. No, it's <laughs> a beer. No, I'll say. 
Time to get away from this and get up. Day to the, off. Get up. To yes. The quietude. Yeah. A day off. When is the uh, the GL staff outing to Giants Ridge? By the way. Well, it's always been so. <laughs> it's always been put off by injuries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. I have some lower. What do I have lower? Uh, what's the Buxton injury? I'm the Byron Buxton of golf. Something's always broken. Something's always, yeah, you can't do it every day. But I'll get to Giants Ridge because I want to play the legend and the quarry, and I can do so on the same day between June 4 and August 29 for one great fee with lunch on them. Here's today's Buxton update. (laughs) With with lunch on them at the Wakuda Grill, which features the finest and most peaceful overlook in all of northern Minnesota. Uh, Just go to the website, GiantsRidge.com, and check the 3D course flyovers but it's a vacation destination for the whole family there's water recreation there's biking hiking the newest and largest lift served mountain bike park in the midwest dining lodging and all of this wonderful golf two of the best golf courses in the country not to mention minnesota and uh, that anniversary is coming up the anniversary of the uh, legend comes up june 28th it's 25th anniversary that sparked the golfing craze in northeastern minnesota and uh Take advantage of this wonderful location right within our borders. Uh, given what gas costs these days and inflation, you, you might be looking for a vacation destination closer to home. There it is at Giants Ridge. You can call and book a tea time at 218-865-8030 or go to GiantsRidge.com. You're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking to you about your business right now, telling the thousands of loyal GLers about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. It's easy. Visit garagelogic.com now, enter keyword partner, P A R T N E R, fill out the form. We'll get in touch with you very quickly. Once me and the dummies start talking about your company, you're going to be amazed at how many GLs just start showing up. Easy to do. Do it right now. Visit garagelogic.com and enter keyword partner. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. So were we all here? I think we might have all been here that, that day, Such, about a year or so ago, did that. 15, 20 minute ad for Kingsford charcoal briquettes. <laughs> yeah. I was telling one? you the history of the product. That's what I'm about to do for my favorite shop in all of Minnesota. Give me that fanfare, Reavers. Welcome, welcome back to Garage Logic Tri State Bobcat. Nice. Right. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Right, They've got right, shops right. in Burnsville, Little Canada, and Hudson, featuring among their many brands the legendary homegrown Toro Company, our very own Toro, All right. based out of Bloomington, one of the most innovative ever uh, to come out of Minnesota. Little known fact here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some facts at you. Toro formed in 1914. I had no idea it was that old. They were making engines for a little uh, shop, a uh, uh, little tractor in Minneapolis called the Little Bull. And it gets even better. In 1919, Toro invented the very first mechanized mower for, are you ready? Mm. 
Minicata Golf Club. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be neat if they still had that? Oh, Maybe they do. Can you imagine yeah. owning that? Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. And today, of course, Toro makes the most comfortable, productive zero-turn mower on the market. Uh, these mowers slay acres of grass. Uh, there's nothing like them on the market. Uh, the Toro MyRide suspension, it takes all the ache out of that acreage. The massive rear tires provide amazing traction and the ultra-durable, the Iron Forge cutting decks, seriously strong, giving you great reliability for years and years. Uh, and i got to tell you, if you've never tried a zero-turn mower, and, and I'm not being crazy here, it will change your life. It'll shave yeah. hours off your mowing time, especially if you've got a big lot or big acreage. There's a reason why you see Toro mowers everywhere, golf courses, park services, lawn companies. They're fast, they're reliable, and they're efficient. You can check out the full line of Toro at toro.com slash zero turn. Uh, but Tri-State Bobcat, what a perfect mo uh, partner for Toro. You guys know I've been a Tri-State customer for years and years and years. The guys and gals at, at uh, Tri-State, they're all GLers. They'll provide us with the tools, equipment, and parts to make work fun. Now, over the course of the summer, uh, we're going to be talking about the many different brands of equipment, the tools, the parts, the accessories, all on hand uh, for everything Bobcat makes to everything Toro makes, including the zero-turn mowers. Such 144 inches. You know how many feet that is? A lot. That's 12, 12. feet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's Pretty a 12 good. foot. You can mow 12 feet at once with a zero turn. I'm seeing a problem. I'm what? seeing one major, major problem. What's that? It's going to make you crazy because you're going to want to go and cut the grass every single day. <laughs> it's going to be like, like it's Target Field. Yes, no, yes. it's going to be like <laughs> when you get a heavy snow and, and you start blowing your driveway, uh, your neighbor's driveway, and then the other neighbor's driveway. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got to have one of those. TristateBobcat.com and Toro.com slash Zero Turn are brand new partners here at GL. Here is John Height hey. in his newsroom. Hey, thank yeah. you. Hey, Joe. hey, hey, hey. hey. Whoa, what? Whoa, whoa. This is a professional news operation, not disinformation, which needs a proper introduction. All right. London, Madrid, Bangkok, <laughs> Moscow, the Twin Cities, from the four corners of the world, from the news capitals at home and abroad. The day's headlines brought into focus the issues and events that shape our time. Garage Logic, the information beacon of Minnesota, presents the John Height News Experience. An up to the minute commentary from one of journalism's most trusted voices. Five time winner of the Gopher Newshawk Award. Now, with all the news fit to broadcast, here's John Height. Turn it up, baby! Wow. Let me guess who that is. Was that Joey D? No. No, that was no. our poet. The, you can spot any voice. That was Matt? That, that was, was Matt, Matt Otto. Matt. Thank Matt you, Otto. buddy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The poet laureate. Well, I have to hear that now every day. Oh, yeah. And he said I made it especially long just to, uh, just well, to he, aggravate he the mayor. He made it irritatingly long. Yes, yes, yeah. And he did that by design. All right. Here's five times the Gopher uh, News Award. Gopher News Hawk Award. News Hawk some, something like that. I don't know. Uh, thanks, Matt. Uh, this uh, long report, or whatever. Well, I'll do it intro. for news. Yeah, that's it. We're <laughs> out of time. <laughs> all, all of Come this back. brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. Oh, hey, by the way, they also shop and get their equipment from Tri-State Bobcat. Oh, I nice. Think so. I would think so. Nice. University of Minnesota police are looking for a student who they say has gone missing and might be in danger. 19-year-old Austin Redarath is a student at the U of M and was reported missing Sunday morning. 
Last known in the location, East River Road and Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis. Uh, Redoroth is 6 feet 2 inches tall, weighs 160 pounds. He was wearing a blue t-shirt, dark shorts, and white shoes. If you know his whereabouts, you are asked to call the University of Minnesota Police Department. An arrest has been made in a uh, case, uh, this story goes back a ways, uh, the cases of two babies who were found in the Mississippi River in Goodhue County many years ago. Oh, God, the yes. Goodhue, yeah, the Goodhue County Sheriff's Office and Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension today announced that 50-year-old Jennifer Lynn Matter of Belvedere Township was arrested and charged with two counts of second-degree murder. In connection to the cases, through DNA testing, authorities learned that Matter is the mother of a baby boy who was found dead in Lake Pepin on December 7, 2003. Four years earlier, on November 4, 1999, a baby girl was found dead in the lower boat harbor of the Mississippi River. The BCA says DNA confirmed that was also Matter's child. A criminal complaint wow. says a Goodhue County investigator who joined the case in 2020 found two persons of interest in the 1999 case. By comparing DNA samples, the BCA crime lab was able to identify the father of the child found in 1999. Then on May 2nd, 2022, a week after they interviewed Matter, authorities obtained a warrant for a DNA sample from her, which confirmed the link to the babies. Who didn't Matter give then, up on this, John? Uh, it, uh, well, the BCA apparently continued to investigate it through the whole But thing. someone all so, along 2020 did not give up. Was that the new yep. guy in 2020? I don't know. Matter told authorities she was in a bad mental state in 1999, saying she was in and out of jail, drinking a lot, and wasn't aware she was pregnant. Then, when she was dropping off her other kids at school and daycare, she said she started bleeding and later gave birth in a bathroom. She told authorities the child was blue, wasn't breathing, and she told police she freaked out. After a day, she drove the baby to Bay Point Park in the middle of the night and put her in the water. Regarding the second baby, Matter said she was almost positive she was at the public beach by herself when she went into labor adding that she was trying to lay low due to an arrest warrant at the time. According to the complaint, Matter said she remembered leaving the child on the beach and then driving away, saying the child was breathing fine and she hoped someone nearby would find him. Matter has a bail hearing set for tomorrow morning. Um, okay, this as troubling as this is, she also has two older children. That Are they still mm -hmm. alive? I, I would assume she's only 50, so... Uh, wow, what a trouble. Sweetheart, huh? I mean, really, holy Crap. Wow. Authorities say one man is dead after being shot late Sunday night in Olmstead County. According to the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office, deputies called to the 5,000 block of County Road 105 in Calmar Township at about a quarter to 11. Authorities say deputies were told by dispatch the man had gone out to investigate a suspicious vehicle that had arrived on his property. That's when the man was shot at least one time in the upper body area, according to the Sheriff's Office, and the suspect ran from the scene. The man who was shot was given aid but died at the scene. A perimeter was set up. Multiple agencies arrived to search the area. Authorities say a gun was found in an unoccupied building near the scene, and a suspect was eventually found and arrested without incident. The names of the victim and the suspect haven't been provided as of this time. The investigation is ongoing. But uh, Olmstead County, Joe, you know, if you want to talk about public safety in no, the no. public sphere, Don't we have to put a stop to that. Right. No. Right. <laughs> Russian president, not in my country. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Russian president Vladimir Putin used a major patriotic holiday to again justify his war in Ukraine, but he did not declare even a limited victory or signal where the conflict was headed, as his forces pressed their offensive with few signs of significant progress. The Russian leader oversaw a Victory Day parade on Moscow's Red Square with troops marching in formation 
Military hardware on display and a brass band blaring to mark the Soviet Union's role in the World War II 1945 defeat of Nazi Germany. But his much-anticipated speech offered no new insights into how he intended to salvage the war and instead stuck to allegations that Ukraine posed a threat to Russia. Even though Moscow's nuclear-armed forces are far superior, he steered clear of battlefield specifics, did not mention the potentially pivotal battle for the vital port of Mariupol, or even utter the word Ukraine during the entire speech. Well, and the bastard sat there with a blanket over him, too. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah, I thought he was a tough guy. Mm -hmm. I thought he'd normally do that with his shirt off. Uh, he hadn't taken it off for a while. Meanwhile, the president of the European Council, Charles Michel, says that silos full of food for export are blocked in the Black Sea port of Odessa. The Ukrainian city has been the target of Russian missile attacks over recent days. In his tweet, Michel said he was with Ukraine's prime minister examining the war's effects on the port. He said he saw silos full of grain, wheat and corn ready for export. He called it badly needed food that is stranded because of the Russian war and blockade of Black Sea ports. He says, causing dramatic consequences for vulnerable countries, we need a global response. Ukraine is a global grain exporter, and U.N. officials have warned that a failure for those products to ship will hurt food security in importing countries, especially poorer ones in Africa and elsewhere. Who had the silo full of tacos? Oh, it was Jesse. tortillas. Jesse. Jesse. It was, tortillas. It was, tortillas, it was yeah. that guy, that other guy that does Jesse. Yeah, yeah. A silo full of tortillas. <laughs> and how did you attack uh, the people that were trying to threaten you? I, I used a, uh, a femur. Uh, uh, polar bear. Polar, polar bear's, bear's femur. femur. Yeah. I wish you two could get together. Oh, God. No, that would be Frank Caliendo. I would get my butt whooped. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think so, Matthew. I don't do the aggressive Jesse. Maybe you could find it. Uh, You're the first I'm, one and in my mind. Remember, it's filled with profanity. Oh. I was uh, I was complimented <laughs> by Caliendo saying, ain't nobody else out there that can do Jesse. Yeah, until that, until I heard that guy. What's his name again? I can't remember. Um, it is he was Will Sasso. Will Sasso. I'm going to kick Will Sasso. Get it? God, yeah, go ahead. I, I got it. Okay. I know. I Did know. we do the intro? You were doing so good, Matt. You Thanks. were doing so good. Audio corner. Uh, more stories uh, on the abortion front. Still numerous theories on who leaked the draft of that Supreme Court decision that, if it holds, would strike Roe v. Wade down. Some sources now saying that it was a conservative clerk releasing the decision in an attempt to lock in the five justices who voted to support overturning Roe as Chief Justice John Roberts reportedly tried to pull his colleagues toward a more moderate position. Used to back that up is several conservative sources over the weekend saying the Chief Justice was ready to write an opinion in late February keeping Roe v. Wade intact, but other justices moved the other way. Obviously, not everyone agrees. Senator Ted Cruz yesterday theorizing on Fox News that the leak was almost certainly one of 12 law clerks that are clerking for three liberal justices. He says he's confident we don't have a master criminal working at the court. He says he thinks there will be electronic records. And former Harris Poll chairman Mark Penn told Fox News last week the leak was, he thinks, clearly designed to affect both the court and I think perhaps the midterms, saying I think the Democrats were rather lackluster going into those midterms, had kind of a feeling of growing defeat coming. There is an ongoing investigation to find whoever did the leak. Nice call, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> By the way, well, that's a loaded question. I sh it, it's consumed every national and, and some in some cases local media headline, right? It's mm -hmm. fair to say? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sure. Where yeah. would we put it on the list of the most important issues right now in this country? 
uh, it's pretty important. Sure, I know, but but you know, you were right. This it's a has, political operation. Yeah, it'll be the number one news story if if it's overturned of right. the year. Okay, no, no question. Okay. It'll cut no the country question. in half again. Yeah, well, certainly. I got well, news for you. The, no, I know, yeah. but it'll really draw the divide even deeper. Well, yeah, even the story I just read is based on nothing except the divide. Right. I mean, it's two different opinions. One saying one thing, one A saying another. A house divided so. against itself will not stand. Go back to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The, the chasm in the room between them and us is no longer negotiable. It's, it's mm-hmm. unimaginable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's positive. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking right. of positivity, starting out the week great. <laughs> COVID positivity rates in parts of New York City are back over 20% as the fifth wave of the pandemic spreads throughout New York, driven by a highly contagious new subvariant. Uh, you in the back, uh, Mr. Suchere. I took a test yesterday, a COVID test, a whole one of home tests. Did you study? I, I, I don't have it. I, I was feeling like I might tell you the truth. I feel fine today. So I took one. We happened to have them in it. In a, turned out I was negative. Mm-hmm. You had a purple line or something. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you are pregnant. Yes. 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 Yeah. Men, men can be pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, what else did you do on a happy birther day, uh, a day yesterday? So I read, my mother. So a great card. Birther person day. Little girl's looking up at her mother and saying, Mom, how does it feel to have the best daughter in the world? And the mom says, I don't know. You'd have to ask your grandma. Oh, bam! Shot in the goal, <laughs> up a corner. I couldn't find a card actually. for the my birthing mother, so I got her one that says "Happy, you're a grandmother. Happy Mother's Day." <laughs> Wait, your old line used to be <laughs> "She ain't my mom." I broke down and bought a card. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Brunch, oh, breakfast? What no, did you do? No, buy her like any that. toenail polish? No, 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 did you apply any? Did you apply any? No, no, never have. Never one of those things for the eye. No brows. No. Oh, the the, uh, the seven-year-old, uh, we were at the store buying cards for mom, and he picked out one that had a horse on it. And I said, buddy, that says happy birthday. Yeah. And he Ooh, said, I, well, I, I want to give this one to mom, dad. Maybe yeah. wait till her so birthday. She got a birthday card. Oh, why not? Why, you why know, pick your battle horse on Pick it. your battles, right? Why not? Pick your battles. Yeah, good news on the uh, New York uh, story about COVID. Even as more people are getting infected, fewer are ending up in the hospital. Uh, hospitalization rates are essentially flat among the vaccinated while uh, they're getting higher among the unvaccinated. One time I couldn't find a card. I can't remember the event, but so I just bought one of those. Uh, I hope you're feeling well. You know. Oh, very, very generic. Very generic. Take With care love. There. Take care there, Tiger. You got her. Uh, concert announcement for you, Joe. Yeah. Arcade Fire is really? coming to town. Yeah. Uh, tickets will go on sale this Friday, and uh, this show would be cool, too. Uh, the opening act is an acoustic uh, Beck. So, oh, really? Where, where is this event? Uh, it's at the Armory. Uh, it'll be November 13th, oh, uh, one of only 13 dates on the Canadian Rockers North American track. A November 13th stop at the Armory that falls halfway through the itinerary. Beck will play acoustic sets on the tour. Tickets for Minnesota's Sunday night show go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. Uh, no prices announced yet. They were last here in 2017 when they played at the Excel. I was just going to say, they'll sell the armory out in 10 seconds. Yeah, I, would, I could see myself yeah. walking out of back after like the thec- third or, yeah, third song. About the third Just song. can't really? you say, hey, where's the rest of the music? Walk, John, are you familiar with a group called the Afghan Wigs? Yeah, I am, yeah. I sure. actually uh, know a guy in the... Do you? Yeah, well, I used to. Oh. Yeah. They're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. 
How long did your uh, when did your brother tell you about them, and how long? I did just it heard take a song uh, by him the other day, so I looked it up and listened to it on YouTube. Got it. I, um, I was unfamiliar with them. One of them used to live in town, and we had a uh, mutual friend. Got a buddy. Uh, okay. Yeah, one, of these, one of these deals. Yeah. Sure. I'm sorry, John. I didn't mean to lead you off path. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, musician death, not really obscure. Country music fans mourning the death of Mickey Gilly. Mickey Gilly. According to the Daily Mail, the major of uh, Pasadena, Texas, Jeff Wagner, mayor, excuse me, announced that Gilly died May 7th while surrounded by loved ones. He was survived by his third wife and four children. The country singer-songwriter, how about this, famous for 17 number one country singles. Holy cow. And, of course, his stadium-sized venue in Pasadena, Texas, the Texas Honky Tonk Gillies Club, became world-famous in 1980 as it inspired the mega-hit film Urban Cowboy that starred John Travolta and Deborah Winger. The New York Times reported that Gilly had 34 singles reach the country music top ten. Uh, still, he had an interesting family life, too. He was raised in Louisiana. His cousins, Jerry Lee Lewis and preacher Jimmy Swaggart. I'll be hmm. damned. Yeah, but that's overnight. due to inbred marriage, right? That's we due don't to hillbilly that. marriage. <laughs> Whatever right? happened to Deborah Winger? Uh, Man, she's dropped off. She kind of did fall off the face of the earth here. I married my first cousin. I guess you know she's pretty. We had she's a, still a, only uh, 13. Oh, my God. Gilly, no overnight success. First recorded in the 1950s, but really didn't have any big hits until almost 20 years later. got to get them fresh uh, and young. Oh, my God. Among <laughs> his biggest hits... Don't the girls all get prettier at closing time in the remake of the oh, soul hits? Your cousins do, that's for sure. <laughs> what was what was his what do you think his best song was, or one of his best songs, John? She's just what? a concrete cowgirl. <laughs> I uh, I do like Don't the Girls All Get Prettier at Closing Time, even though you know he was Jerry Lee Lewis's cousin, and that basically is just a Jerry Lee Lewis song. I mean he oh, sounds okay. just like Jerry Lee on that, Got but it. Um, I, I, Mickey was. I That'd be a weird, weird family, wouldn't it? Jerry Lee Lewis and Mickey. Gilly. Jerry Lewis. He, he spent some time in jail, didn't he? He certainly should have. Yeah, and He's, Jimmy uh, Swaggart doing the uh, the prayer before the meal. You know, yeah. wasn't uh, he? Jerry he, Lee. Uh, he went down, didn't he? I don't know. Swaggart. Yeah, he. He. Uh, remember, he. Uh, what, what's her name? Yeah. Jessica Hahn. That's what it was. Name? Yeah. 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 But, but he, each he of those guys. Back. They were good for a couple felonies per day, weren't they, in yeah. their prime? Well, Jerry Lee, everybody's pretty sure, and I don't think he'll hear this and sue us, but uh, he's pretty much been accused of killing two different women and getting away with it. Huh. So, wow. Uh, goodness good. gracious. Great balls of uh, fire. I, yeah. Thank you. I, I did hear a, a Jerry Lee Lewis story over the weekend. Strangely enough, it had nothing to do with this story, but Delbert McClinton, the great uh, Texas singer, was on a program on Sirius XM. And he said he was up on stage with Willie Nelson one day, just taking part and standing beside Paul English, the drummer, Willie's drummer. And Jerry Lee walked up on stage, picked up the electric piano and threw it. Just walked up on stage and threw the piano. Hmm. And Paul English, the drummer who was known to protect Willie and be pretty hardcore, reached in his bag, pulled out a gun and put it on his drum just in case. Holy mackerel. (laughs) He He wasn't messing around. At that point, Jerry Lee just walked off the stage. It'd be fun to see him get his ass kicked. It would have been great if right then and there somebody just would have stomped. Well, yeah, all they'd have to do is... is, uh, No, go ahead. All they'd have to do is um, shake his nerves and rattle his brain. Uh, no. John, did he ever okay. get his uh, hat handed to him? Oh, I'm sure he did, don't you think? With that I would mouth hope. and no... As, you yeah, know, I would yeah, I'm sure he did. Uh, relatively rare Earth Coast earthquake. 
Earth Coast? East Coast Earthquake. Same thing. Matt might might want to recut that intro. (laughs) Got it. Relatively rare East Coast Earthquake. Home of the Cold Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Southern... No, I, I, I read this one earlier. Centered just northeast of South Carolina's capital city. What is the capital of South Carolina? Columbia. Raleigh. Very good, Joe. Oh, mm-hmm. That's uh, North Jolted. Carolina. Raleigh's uh, north. Yep. There you go. That's, that's, yep. And I was Jolted just there a month Why ago. Why not? you got to know your Earth Coast. <laughs> Why not? Uh, jolted large numbers of state residents awake early Monday, rocking the southern state at about a 3.3 magnitude. Apparently, this has been going on on the East Coast for a long time. Dozens of low magnitude quakes since last December, when a 3.3 magnitude tremor originated in the same area near Elgin, northeast of Columbia. Those awakened early Monday morning reporting feeling the earth shaking for several seconds, some even describing what sounded like heavy trucks moving equipment nearby. That's got to be climate change, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It has to you be. You know it is. Yeah. Are you giving up misinformation? Yes. Okay. A fire destroyed more than 80 acres of public land in Blaine on Saturday. It was right near the Blaine Town Square. I actually saw it from the highway. Firefighters responded to the blaze around 11 in the morning, found about 20 acres burning when they got there, according to Spring Lake Park, Blaine Mounds View Fire Department Chief Dan Retka. Crews noticed a large plume of smoke called for backup. More than 80 acres had been burned by the time the fire had been brought under control. About 30 firefighters from multiple agencies were still putting out hot spots about 3.30 in the afternoon, but they did get it under control. Having a problem with rats again in New York City. Apparently, uh, when the pandemic rolled around, the rats came out because there weren't a lot of people out. As diners shunned the indoors for outdoor dining, so did the city's rats. Now, city data suggests that sightings are more frequent than they've been in a decade. Through April, people have called in almost 7,500 rat sightings to the city's 311 service request line. That's up from about 6,100 during the same period last year and up more than 60% from roughly the first four months of 2019, the last pre-pandemic year. In each of the first four months of 2022, the number of sightings was the highest recorded since at least 2010, the first year they started keeping online records. Whether the rat population has increased is up for debate, but the pandemic might have made the situation more visible. Rats, of course, have always been a problem in New York City since its founding. Every new generation of leaders has tried to find a better way of controlling the rodent population and struggled to show results. Perfect solution. Perfect solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you go out to the um, Renaissance Festival, you won't see any rats. They have a professional on site. He's called the Rat Catcher. Yeah, the Rat Catcher. New York should hire him to catch all the rats. Did you guys have him on? Didn't you guys have no, a that guess? No, that was puke and snot. Oh, yeah. That was puke There snot. is a, a poison um, concoction you can mix up that works really, really well. Unfortunately, I think it's illegal. Um, <laughs> but a, a, a rat will eat it, die right away, and then another rat will come along and eat that rat, and within days, all the rats are gone. Because they keep eating the poison rats. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, let's, let's do that. That's tough. Well, to it's, uh, you know, like I said, against the law. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Got to be worried about Mother Earth, Joe. Oh, no! Actually, you're worried about pets. That's the oh, yeah, sure, yeah. pets, pets, and the innocent animals. Well, speaking of music, John, where do you stand on the band Rat? You know, '80s hair band. They were they were pretty good. No, they should be extinguished. Round and round. They should round be extinguished. And round. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thank you, Joe. You know what? I guess that's it. What? I tell you why. You don't spring chicken anymore. 
I don't want you getting the ladders out and I don't want to get them out either. Exactly, exactly. And you GLers, if you are no spring chicken anymore, you need to get in touch with a company that will clean out your gutters, they'll wash all your windows, they'll power wash your deck, they'll do everything for you. Will they come to me? They will bring everything to you. You don't have to bring the gutter to them. Nice. I'm talking about Kahuna Window Cleaning and Seasonal Services. Again, it is serious. If you're a little uneasy going up the ladders because you're getting up there in age, that's not anything bad because they specialize in safety. Ladders equipped with extra accessories, not your typical ladders. They don't, they've don't. they got standoffs, rubber grip pads, leg levelers. Why is that important? Because their team will do this safely for you. So if you need services, window cleaning, house washing, gutter cleaning, roof washing, they will do that. You know, sometimes you get that bad algae on the roof. They will get rid of it. Give them a buzz or go to their website. Here you go. 612-888-5248. I'm making my appointment this week. 612-888-5248 or go to kahunawindowcleaning.com. Book a cleaning and mention that you're a GLer and they'll waive the trip charge. Tell them Rook sent you. Truth, Justice, and the Suture. Who's GB? Yes, sir. Can you do something here? Two, one, go. Oh. Fooled you. Oh, GLers, if not now, when? Seriously, you got to get on the computer. You've got to click on professionalturf.com. Then all you have to do is water and mow. Why don't you run over to Tri-State Bobcat and pick up one of those tur- Toro Zero turns. If you want the best lawn on the block, I've been telling you for years and years and years, your only answer is professionalturf.com. They've been at it for over 40 years in the Twin Cities. All the weeds, the bare spots, the blight, the yuck, none of that will be there. All gone in its place, a a, a thick, luscious, it's like a shag carpet from the 70s. That's how luscious it is, and just as green. Um, so get on professionalturf.com, get that estimate, free estimate, and then get going. Oh, and by the way, while you're on that website, these guys do a bang-up job on landscape projects. They've helped both Chris and I, and in both of our cases, they improved the curb appeal, drove the uh, equity, the, the value of the home, up, and we ended up uh, getting more money for our property. They also service and install irrigation systems both commercially and residentially. So they're your one-stop shop for exceptional lawn, landscape, and irrigation service, professionalturf.com. I got a great uh, email from Carl in Northfield. Congratulations, Flashlight King. Your podcast with the Traveling Limans was your all-time greatest. I hope you have plans to enshrine them in the GL Hall of Fame. Well, of course, they're they're already honorary members, aren't they? Do you have, still have medallions left? I don't think we have any medallions left. Okay. Even after 31 years as an international airline pilot and seven years sailing the oceans with the U.S. Navy, I can still learn some things about travel from Tom and Jessica Lyman. I do have one travel story that they probably haven't experienced. Northwest, KLM, and Delta used to have an extensive network in Africa, including layovers in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, That country has been plagued by terrorism, crime, and tribal violence for many years, which has become increasingly dangerous due to all the foreign oil interests that have expats working there. The dangers were such that flight crews on layover 
were escorted from the airport to the hotel by armed security in a black SUV. The hotel was surrounded by razor wire fences, and the crew members were under strict guidance to never leave the hotel property during layovers. For a couple of KLM pilots, the rules were too strict, and the price of Heineken at the hotel bar was too high, about 8 bucks a bottle. Oof. So they set out walking to a nearby roadside grocery seeking liquid refreshments. About an hour later, the two pilots came scuffling back to the hotel wearing nothing but their undershorts. Uh-oh. They explained that while in the grocery store, the store was raided by tribal gangsters who threatened to take them hostage or just shoot them right in the grocery store. After they pleaded for mercy, the gangster ordered them stripped and took everything they were wearing and all of their money. He then released them with orders to return to the hotel and spread the word about what happens to foreigners on his turf. Wow. <laughs> I, I certainly hope the traveling linemen, well, we would have heard. They didn't, they haven't experienced anything like that. No, in fact, because the one thing that did stick with me was when you asked about jewelry. Mm-hmm. And remember they said, yeah, you, you just don't do it. Don't was it Kenya? It. Yeah. The beaches of Kenya? I, 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 yeah, something like that. Okay. I'd have to listen to Stuck it again. Stuck with you, huh? Which I might listen again. I, I <laughs> so, liked it that much. Have you been playing the fun mental game since talking with them all weekend? I was thinking about it, it, everything. Ab- they sold everything. They don't even have photos of their ancestors. They've got nothing. Can you walk through your garage and start pointing out things that that you've loved your whole life that you'd have to part with? Stuff you've had since you were a kid? Yeah, I I, I wouldn't know where to begin. I, I don't think I could get rid of my stuff like that. But what purpose is it serving me? Because the day I die, it's all going in the pit. Right. They're going to cover it with clay. Yeah, It's crap. Well, they were able to just, they were just able to get there. Uh, emotionally and intellectually, and uh, they they were just able to get to that point. They're a unique couple. I would say I would submit to you that they are terribly unique. Not many people could pull off what they've done. Well, what about this? Here's a here's a my uh, great great uncle's homework from 1899 um, when he was nine years old. Uh, I've cherished this my whole life. Uh, what do I do with up uh, in the dumpster? Throw it away. Yeah, Throw it away. <laughs> I mean everything. <laughs> everything is gone. Everything. Only because they come to us all the way from where Eden are we Prairie? still? Eden Prairie from the traveling Lymans was on this day. I don't understand this. Uh, Reavers, your town is on this day in history more than any other town in Minnesota. Well, Joe, we're a historical landmark, Faribault, Minnesota. Uh, on this day in 1887, the Flint Furniture Factory in Faribault burned. It was built in <laughs> 1856. Factory <laughs> the, factory, the factory was the first in the state to manufacture items for wholesale trade. Really? Right down there, the old Flint Furniture Store. Well, did it become the Woolen Mills then, I wonder? I don't know. The Flint Furniture Factory in Faribault. It was a lot of fun. On this day in 1918, Orville Freeman was born in Minneapolis. He would serve as the Flint Furniture Factory in Fairbold, Orville. Orville Freeman? Freeman? He would serve. Freeman was the foreman (laughs) of the Flint Furniture Factory in Fairbold. In Fairbold. Orville Freeman was born. uh, No, I can't say that. He would be the state's governor from 55 to 1961, and later U.S. Secretary of Agriculture. While governor, he would respond to the 1959 strike at the Wilson & Company packing house in Albert Lee by declaring martial law and closing the plant. That's in Fillmore County. Mm -hmm. It was on this day in 1921 that Daniel Berrigan uh, is born in Virginia, Minnesota, an author and radical Catholic 
priest, Berrigan would write about social responsibility and play an active role in the anti-war uh, Vietnam movement and later protested <clears throat> nuclear armament. His brother, Philip, also a radical priest, was born October 5th, 1923. And on this day, the suit Minnesota versus Philip Morris was settled with the defendants, tobacco companies, agreeing to pay Minnesota and Blue Cross Blue Shield $6.5 billion dollars. The settlement ended the company's chain of legal victories and turned the tide in anti-tobacco efforts throughout the nation. What year was that, Joe? 1998. Okay. And boy, did a lot of lawyers run out and buy BMWs when that was settled. I, I was just going to say, what happened with all that money? I had a very, very important role in that case. As an example of what happens to a smoker? I, that's very funny. Uh, yeah, very, very good stuff. Good. You doing two shows day, uh, nightly? Um, I was a courier at that time uh -huh. in between radio jobs, and I had to deliver all 12 boxes of the prepared testimony from the lawyer's office to the court. Really? It took me mm. two trips with my uh, two-wheeler. It's coming up on the ride. Yep. Were you followed by a mysterious black... Uh Vehicle with tinted windows? On this In other day, words, were you being followed at all? And finally, on this day, <laughs> okay. the He's Dalai Lama Tenzin Gyaltso, head of state and spiritual leader of the Tibetan community worldwide, visited the Twin Cities and shared his message of huh. compassion, tolerance, kindness, and peace. The yeah. Dalai Lama. Long, big hitter. Big hitter. When he, when he, was, when he was here, he, he called pizza place and asked for one with everything. <laughs> See, that's an old... Uh, that's an old Zen joke, isn't it, John? It, it is, yeah. Very old. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Did he ever work on a motorcycle? <laughs> uh, you really got to think hard on that one, Such. Did you, you ever put you your bike in, uh, what's the author's name? Zen and the Art of motor, uh, Motorcycle Maintenance. You got it. Uh, who you was the it. author? I don't know, some crackpot. So I, knew, I knew uh, where he lived. I put my his, front tire in his driveway. Many bikers have. I think his son actually recreated the trip and wrote about that, too, mm -hmm. if I remember right. What's his name, What's John? His name? Robert Persig. Robert it. Persig. You never yep. rolled a tire into his driveway? I Seriously, many bikers have done that. No, I, don't, I didn't I know did where that. he lived. Yeah. Why? I have made the stops on Highway well, 55 was, where he did. He, he's a patron saint of motorcycling for that book, okay. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Uh, thank you, GLers. Yeah. He took uh, a motorcycle across the country, uh, Chris, and spent more time working on it than he did riding. Ah, it. I <laughs> see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely have to be done by one thirty. Patrick walks in at one thirty. Oh. <laughs> Forgot about him. <laughs> hey, GLers, will you do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube page? And by the way, thank you to the hundreds of people that uh, viewed both parts of the Traveling Lyman's Tales on our YouTube page. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Also, subscribe, or excuse me, follow us along on all of our Both social media parts. channels. You mean the whole thing was on YouTube? Yep, each part. All me picking my nose and scratching. <laughs> and, uh, well, oh, we buff great. that stuff out. Great. But we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget to download the PodMN app for your smart device. We'll do this again tomorrow.